Today on Newsable, in the last week alone, three people have been killed in house fires around the country. How can we keep ourselves safe? Plus, the boom in Auckland job applications, and I present to you some of the wackiest laws from around the world. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. The Indy 500 is almost here and Kiwi driver Scott Dixon gives us the inside scoop on what gets his motor running. It's the elimination final for the ANZ Premiership, so can the Stars beat last year's reigning champions, the Central Pulse? And with only two rounds to go in Super Rugby, what games should we be tuning into this week? Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. Get your milk ready. The Indy 500 is hitting our screens Monday morning and lining up on the grid will be legendary Kiwi driver Scott Dixon. Although he's won the IndyCar Championship six times, he's only stood atop of the Indy 500 podium once. He joined me after training and I started by asking him this. Indy 500, what a massive, massive race. Uh, One of the things that makes it so famous as well, though, is the milk chugging at the end of the race. So please tell me you're not lactose intolerant. No, definitely not. I think think at any point, even if you were, uh, you'd drink anything at that stage. If you get to win the race, you know, I think there was one upset maybe many years ago where somebody, you know, turned down the milk and and actually drank uh, orange juice. That was his sponsor at the time. But no, you know, it's... uh, you used to get a lot better choices. You used to be able to pick like chocolate milk, strawberry milk. Now it's just, uh, I think it's fat-free 2% and full fat. So that's about it now. Oh, and sticky as well. Stinky and sticky. It is. Uh, so this is another huge race. You've only won it once. So uh, I imagine that you are gunning to get back on the podium. What's the strategy and what's the game plan for this race? Do you just go hard and fast or are you really calculated? Yeah, it kind of depends. You know, this will be, I think, my 20th or 20, 21st, I think, Indy 500. So, you know, from when I first started in, in 2003 to now, the style of racing is very different. You know, you used to be able to trim out, be aggressive, uh, do a low drag kind of setup and, and break away from the pack, which is, you know, uh, kind of the, the racing when we won in, in 2008. Now it's uh, it's a little hard to break away, so it's more about having a car that's good over the long run and able to pull up and, and, and pass, uh, you know, cars for when it counts and then a pretty big and heavy shootout at the end. So it depends. You know, I think typically kind of lap 160-ish around there, there can always be a split of strategy too where, you know, you try to make it uh, all the way to the end or, or you try to stop with one to go uh, or make one stop to go. It's, it's definitely the biggest race in the world. It's the hardest race in the world to win. You know, I think I've finished second here five times and maybe three or four of those are under caution, so you couldn't even race for it. So those are probably the, the most disappointing ones. But still, to, to be able to be here and, and one of 33 uh, drivers that get to race and, and one of, I think, about 70 in the world that have ever had the opportunity to win this race. So it's, it's definitely pretty special. And just the history, it's over 100-year history here, generations sitting in the same seats. It, it's wild. It's definitely an institution and, and one that uh, I'm lucky enough to be here. Well... I have to ask because you're just, in very basic terms, just driving around an oval, right? It's just an oval track. So do you not get dizzy? No. Some of the smaller tracks, you know, some of the smaller ovals, I think what used to be maybe a seven-eighths, I think, is Iowa maybe, which is our shortest or, or a half mile or something like that. Mile ovals are typical. Those are very quick. You know, you're doing a lap in about 18 seconds or 19 seconds, maybe even less at some of them. And you do, when you step out of the car, you can feel like you're a bit dizzy. But uh, here at the Speedway, you know, it's a two and a half mile circuit, you know, four 90 degree uh, lefts. 
doing it at almost 250 miles an hour is, is pretty is pretty insane. So physically, they're not crazy, but mentally, it's extremely draining. Just because you're on the edge, you're you're within inches of other cars doing you know 230, 240 miles an hour. Uh, and then the downside, obviously, is that the wall is at zero. When you hit it, it's a it's a very big hit. So you know a lot of these hits uh, here at Indianapolis are over 100 G, which is, you know, 100 times your body weight is how hard you're hitting that wall. So that's one you try to avoid for sure. But uh, it's it's definitely very special, very obviously American style of racing. And, and we're lucky to be in a sport with the NTT IndyCar Series where we have, you know, road courses, street courses, short ovals, super speedways. So it's it's fun to have a mix. Goodness me, that is rather fast. But you also, not only do you have to be mentally fit, you know, you're dealing, as you're saying, with those cars just being inches away from you, but you have to be physically fit as well, right? All of those G-forces, what a toll that must take on your body. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say our street courses are probably the most physical. You know, we train six days a week, two hours in the morning, three of those days is another two hours in the afternoon. The car, especially now that it has the canopy on it, it gets very hot in the car now too. So that's been a difficult portion of it. But you know, some drivers are at 180 beats per minute for the two-hour period. Like they're, you know, they're they're flat out. Because I guess you know, in your pit stops, you try to take as few as you know as you can. And I guess there's not enough time that's in right. your pit stop to take an actual pit stop. No, the uh, the pit stops are quick. You know, I think we're what are we seven, eight seconds at most. You know, maybe some of them are down to, to four or five seconds. And you you actually do have water on on board, so you have like a Camelback that has a pump and and you can drink, which I'm not sure how big uh, big it is, maybe thirty two ounces or something like that. So you can definitely get some refreshments, but you definitely try not to wee in the car. That's for sure. So uh, you said that you're coming. You know that you may be coming back uh, to New Zealand later in the year for a bit of a visit. Are you still a Kiwi? Would you ever move? home permanently or are you full-on team USA no I, lo- I love New Zealand New Zealand is home the only downside is that I don't get to come home as much as I would like you know it's kind of once or twice a year at most definitely more difficult with younger kids especially last year you know when we came down for Christmas we were coming from England so you know it's, it's definitely a bit of a long haul but um, yeah I think at some point once I'm done maybe with the, the racing side of things you know we still have a home in, in New Zealand and, and uh, at some point we'll, we'll be based out of Auckland that's for sure and maybe got... not Auckland actually I'm thinking maybe South Island we'll see oh South Island okay and you've got three kids you've got three children do they want to be racers like you or do they want to be all blacks and black ferns yeah, um, they need to go to school in New Zealand, I think, is is the problem. Tilly, I would say, is very much, she's our 11-year-old girl. She's into horse riding. She's a very good runner, like her mother. Emma was a runner for Great Britain in 800 metres. Poppy is a great runner. She's big into to dance and drama. He's only three, but he's car mad, so we'll see where that goes. But the problem with bringing him to the track right now is that he thinks he can get in and drive the car that I drive in, and he just has a complete meltdown if you don't let him in it. So, But I hope, you know, if, if that's what their passion is, we'll, we'll definitely try to help them and see where that goes. Well, I'll let you go shortly. I've got a couple more quick questions, uh, and yeah. then I know that you've got to get back to training and, and prepare for Indy 500, which is super exciting. But the 24th of September was named Scott Dixon Day. Is it strange having a day named after you? I think that's pretty awesome. Who wouldn't who wouldn't want that, you know? I think uh why isn't every day Scott Dixon day? <laughs> no, you know, it's uh, it's definitely um it's amazing to see the support that we've had here in America but but obviously back home. And again, you know, I just wish I was able to get back home more often. So let's have more let's have more Scott Dixon days. Yeah, how do you celebrate Scott Dixon day? <laughs> <laughs> uh probably probably just with a cold beer you know maybe a, maybe a milk depending on how how I'm feeling and throw it about a little bit but no it's uh yeah nice casual maybe at the pool chill out you know 
And is it true that you once swerved your car onto the grass to avoid hitting a family of ducks? Yes. So I was only 13 years old and, and part of getting your racing license, we found like a little loophole. I had to have stewards come and watch me drive. And I had one of them sitting in the car with me and I didn't want to kill them. So I avoided them and spun the car and nearly had a, a massive crash with a, with a passenger in the car. Luckily, we skidded through the grass at Pukekohe Raceway and came up, you know, about that short of the wall. So it was pretty lucky. The ducks and uh, ducks were fine. The, uh, the mum and the kids were all good, and, and uh, we walked away and continued on with our day. So that was, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> what a story. Okay, Indy 500, I know you can do it. Do you think you can do it? Let's do it, of course. You know, uh, we're only here for, for one thing, and that's, that's to be drinking the milk. So, you know, we'll see here in about uh, two weeks how that's going. Today was uh, one of the first days, and it's been pretty special, I think, with just how fast uh, all of our cars have been. But head down, hard work, and... Maybe a little bit of Kiwi luck, we can we can pull it off. Yeah, well, everyone's talking about you and Scott McLaughlin. It's the Battle of the Scots. Forget about McLaughlin. Just he, he's. I think he's from Australia anyway, isn't he? You listen That's to him, he sounds like he's from Aussie. <laughs> well, Scott Dixon, lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. This weekend's ANZ Premiership Elimination Final is a replay of last year's final, but the Stars will be hoping for the result to go their way. They face defending champions the Central Pulse in Porirua on Sunday, and the winner will head to Hamilton the following week to play top-of-the-table Mystics. If the Stars make it through, it will be the first All-Auckland final. Stars shooter Amorangi Malisala, Waikato Maneopoto, Hamoa is with us now. Kia ora, talofa. Kia ora. Uh, so this is a replay of last year's final. How are the nerves? Yeah, we um, obviously going into a crucial match like this, um, there are nerves. Um, but I do feel that we've done the work and we've learned from our mistakes. So hopefully we can take that going forward into today, uh, into this weekend's match. So what's the game plan, obviously, other than scoring more goals than the Pulse? Yeah, uh, well, game plan, um, don't want to uh, give away too much. Uh, <laughs> But I think for us, we know what we need to do and um, position is, is a key thing um, that we want to still keep building on leading into this game. We know that um, they do have a, the, the Pulse are an awesome side. So any opportunity we can try keep possession of the ball is um, will be really key for us and obviously for us shooters to uh, put the goals away. Um, defensively, uh, they just, you know, they're, they're, they're a relentless defensive end. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that everyone across the board um, in our 10 have a have a role to play, whether you're on or whether you're not. So um, it's going to take a team of 10 to get us over the line this weekend. Are you surprised that the Stars are there saying that you were finalists last year, weren't you? Yes, well, we were in the same situation last year, playing in the elimination um, finals we, we, we know what it's like. We had to cross, come across the Mystics last year to get into the finals. So that's not a position that we're not familiar with. Um, however, playing the Pulse this time round quite early on, obviously credit to Mystics for getting through. Um, I think that we um, have done the work and we've, like I said earlier, we've learned from our mistakes. So it's all about just playing our own game and not playing into um, the Pulse's game. Mm, well, if you do make it through uh, against the Pulse this weekend and it's a fi- it's a Mystic Stars final next week, it will be the first ever time that it's an All-Auckland final, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, that, it is exciting. But the only th- issue is is that it's not in Auckland, it's in Hamilton. <laughs> 
Hamilton. So, um, yeah, we're really, we've really got a good um, community around us and we've got a lot of whānau who support us. So uh, I guess we just have to get through this first game first and, and then we can worry about that game if, if we're uh, lucky to get through. Yeah, speaking of uh, whānau support, shout out to South Auckland, which is the home uh, of the Stars. But you're not going to be in South Auckland, you're going to be in Porirua. But there's an incredibly strong Pacifica community there, so I imagine the Stars will be bouncing off those fans too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we know that Mila has a strong um, background coming from Porirua, and it's a place that means a lot to her. That's where she grew up. So being able to play... And an away game, but where she comes from is also special and it makes it special for us that we can play in front of her whānau as well. So, yeah, the more supporters we get from um, Mila's family, which will probably take up half of our half of that Te Parahara Arena, uh, the better. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to um, playing down there. Well, hopefully you can put on a good show for the fans. I'm sure you will. All right, then score prediction, what's it going to be? Well, I guess what you've seen in the ANZ season, uh, the scores have changed. Like Just because you've beat one team previously, it doesn't mean that's necessarily going to be the case. So um, I don't really have any score predictions. Um, I know that whoever wins, um, you know, it's it's going to be a battle regardless whether you win or lose because mm. it's a crunching of the season. Everyone's gunning for that, that grand final position. So um, I do feel like it might be a close game. Um, the previous time we played the Pulse, it was uh, there was only two points in it. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that it will be a close game. I'm sure it will be. Might even go into extra time now. Wouldn't that be exciting? But slightly stressful for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll not go through that route again. Uh, yeah, we'll just stick to the just win and and then that's it. Well, best of luck for the elimination final that's happening Sunday in Porirua. It's going to be one heck of a game. Thank you, thank you. Go the stars. It's the second to last round of Super Rugby with the Highlanders playing the Reds, Moana Pacifica facing Drua, the Crusaders playing the Waratahs, the top of the table Chiefs face the highest ranked Aussie side, the Brumbies and arguably the biggest clash of the weekend will be the Blues against the Hurricanes. Stuff sports journalist Rob Van Royen has been putting together his Super Rugby power rankings. Kia ora Rob, what's the go? Well, yeah, Super Rugby's finally starting to heat up, it feels. Um, there's been plenty of uh, media about it, and it's been copping plenty of flack recently, but it is starting to heat up. And, look, the Chiefs are definitely top dog, and they can steal that top seed with the, with the win this weekend. And then you've sort of got a few other New Zealand teams. Crusaders are looking pretty ominously there in second. Highlanders still a chance. So, yeah, as I say, things are starting to heat up. And was it a shock to see winless Moana Pacifica coach Aaron Major step down this week? Yeah, I mean, not, not a huge shock. It was still a slight one. I did think he would see out his three years. But when you look at the records, I mean, they haven't won a game yet this year. They've only won two in, in two seasons. Not a huge surprise. What happens next with Aaron will be interesting. I mean, he hasn't had great success anywhere. He struggled down at the Highlanders. Yeah, when he was an attack coach at the Crusaders before Scott Robinson was head coach here. And the, the Crusaders' attack would really, <laughs> to be fair, was quite ordinary under him. So... Yeah, really nice guy, Aaron. I'm still, he hasn't had great success anywhere he's gone, to be blunt. Uh, so, look, I'm not hugely surprised. And after next week, what does the competition look like? Because next week's the last sort of round robin. And will most of the New Zealand teams go through to the playoffs? Potentially. Look, the Highlanders are the one that we're unsure about in terms of the New Zealand-based 
franchises. I'm not counting Moana Pacifica there. The Highlanders, look, they, they essentially need to beat the Reds this weekend at home. Then they've got the Blues away next week. Win both of those, they should get in. They're in ninth at the moment. So interestingly, last year, four wins was enough in this bizarre format to make the playoffs. Um, they're probably going to need six this year. You've got the Drawer who are a real chance to get in. So, yeah, as I say, things are heating up. But the, the other big one this week outside of that... Uh, Hurricanes Blues game, which is going to have a, a big say in the top four and home quarters, is that Brumbies Chiefs game. If the Chiefs win that this week, uh, the, the top seed is theirs and they can essentially give their big guns a, a rest against the Force in Perth next week, which will be a nice wee, um, opportunity for them ahead of the playoffs. Well, the Chiefs have been playing incredibly well. They are absolutely ones to beat this season. I'm sure Chiefs fans will be pleased to hear that statement. Uh, so what's your predictions then for this weekend? I'd imagine that the Chiefs will go over to Canberra and win that one and, and get that top seed. Crusaders shouldn't have any issues with the Waratahs. We've been, have won four straight, but that looks like they're going to rest a few names. Probably the main one this week will be, I mean, the Blues will beat the Hurricanes as, in that match you mentioned earlier on. That's that's my prediction there. Uh, oh, the come Har- on, I'm a Hurricanes <laughs> fan. Uh, I know, I know. I, I just can't see the Blues um, not winning that one. And I, I, I'm tipping the Reds to beat the, uh, the Highlanders in Dunedin and, and essentially killing off their uh, playoff chances. Oh, so maybe next week might be it for uh, Aaron Smith, who is farewelling the Highlanders. That's right, yeah, and this will be his last home game um, he's, he's done, so uh, that'll no doubt be a wee bit emotional for him this week, and then they've got one game left in Auckland against the, the Blues next week, and that'll be him, So unless, of course, they make the playoffs. It's, they are a chance, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. They're a chance. I'm sure Highlanders fans are praying to the rugby gods. Uh, Rob Van Royen, is Super Rugby boring? Before we go, is it boring? No, look, it's got its flaws, it's got its issues. I'm, I'm dead against eight teams making the playoffs in a 12-team comp. It should be four, six at the most, but I think four. I'm not a fan of rest weeks, teams being dictated to having rest guys. And, and the timing that some of these teams, we saw the Hurricanes last week, I'm not a fan of that. It really takes the shine off. But I wouldn't say it's boring. You know, I think the drawer have added a lot this year. They've been fantastic. And there's been still a lot of really good rugby played. And it is only year two of, of this version of Super Rugby. And there is talk of changing that playoff format down the line, which will make a big difference. So um, not boring to me, no. <laughs> well, the Jura fans are definitely uh, have been spicing it up. They are fantastic fans. Thank you so much, Rob. All good. Here's what else is making headlines. New Zealand boxer Joseph Parker has scored a first-round knockout win over Australian Fainga Opilo in their heavyweight bout in Melbourne after he said his boxing career was on the line. He now wants to fight those he's lost to in the past in hopes of reclaiming the WBO heavyweight title. Watch this space. The All-Whites under-20s drew 2 all with Uzbekistan yesterday at the Under-20 World Cup, following a 1-0 win over Guatemala. Their next game is against Argentina on Saturday morning New Zealand time. New Zealand rugby players have been part of new research by World Rugby presented overnight at their Players' Welfare Symposium using smart mouthguards to collect data about head knocks. This research will be used to help shape the game and ensure the welfare of the players. And if you're after thrills and spills and happen to be in the capital this weekend, check out the first round of the Richter City Rebels roller derby season Saturday at Kalburni Rec Centre from 5pm. Ah, so exciting! And that's The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philippa Tully and audio editor John Gropiha, thanks for listening. Will you be tuning into the Indy 500? Tell us at thepodium at stuff.co.nz. Until next Thursday, ka anō, go well.
If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.